everyone, and welcome to Historic Voices, the show that tells the tale of the most influential women in American history. I'm your host, Angel McRae, and today I'll be discussing the interesting life of Dorothy Lange and why she was one of the most influential forces during the Great Depression. Dorothy Lange, born Dorothy Metzhorn, was born in Hoboken, New Jersey, to first-generation German-Americans on May 26, 1895. Her father, who was known as Henrique Metzhorn, worked as a lawyer while her mother, Joanna, was a stay-at-home mom where she raised Dorothy and her brother Mike. All seemed well, and so she contracted the virus called poliomyelitis, widely known by its shorter name, polio. Polio is an infectious disease that can destroy nerve cells in the spinal cord and causes paralysis. This disease is transmitted through food, water, or someone who is infected. Although this disease calls Dorothy's right leg and foot become noticeably disfigured, Later in her life, she felt as though this medical hardship became a source of guidance and a reminder to stay humble. A quote says, Polio was the most important thing that happened to me. Informed me, guided me, instructed me, helped me, and humiliated me. Around Dorothy's teen years, about 12 years old, it is said that her parents divorced and rumored that Henrique flat out abandoned her family. Due to this mishap, Dorothy decided to drop her father's surname adopted her mother's as her own. Looking at the more positive perspective of her upbringing, Henrique and Joanna were very strong advocates for her education and interest in arts in general. So, Dorothy was surrounded by arts and literature as she grew up and was exposed to a multitude of creative works. Now, before we get into her adulthood and her work during the Great Depression, let's get a word from our sponsor. After high school, she studied photography under Clarence H. White at Columbia University for Teachers, based in New York in the year 1913. At the same time, she was an apprentice to the portrait photographer Arnold Ginth in Manhattan. Later in 1917, she briefly studied again with Clarence H. White at his own school of photography. A year later, in 1918, she began traveling the world, selling her photographs for income. This world tour ended in San Francisco where she soon settled. In San Francisco, she started to work at Martian Company, a photographic equipment shop, which led to her meeting a young businessman who helped fund her first portrait studio on 540 Sutter Street. Her husband, Maynard Dixon, was an artist who frequently went to her studio. They got married in March of 1920 and had their eldest son, Daniel, in May 1925, then had their second son, John, in June 1928. Dorothy got her first taste of documentary photography when she traveled around the Southwest with her husband, mostly taking photos of local indigenous peoples. While they traveled, they left their children in Marin County while they still had their San Francisco studios. Lang began to witness strikes and the hardships of unemployed and homeless from her studio window, so she took it upon herself to photograph these men who wandered the Californian streets. One of her earliest photos during this period called the Great Depression was the picture White Angel Breadline. In 1932, with her gray flex camera, it showed the terrible condition of these men, which not only publicly displayed these issues, but it received immediate recognition from the public and other aspiring photographers. For those who may not know, 
The Great Depression is known as the worst economic crash of the industrialized U.S. It began in October 1929 after the stock market crash which caused Wall Street to panic and wiped out millions of investors. This economic depression resulted in major unemployment, around 15 million Americans, and half of the country's banks to fail. work. That photo gained a lot of traction, especially by members of the group F64, who promote a style of detailed purist photography. During her work in the 1930s, she met a man named Paul Shuster Taylor in 1934, who was a professor of agricultural economics at UC Berkeley. He attended an exhibition of her photos and afterward reached out to her for permission to use one of those photographs, then to soon invite her to Oroville. Oroville is a town just north of Sacramento, where it is sat as home to many self-sufficient photographers. This trip not only sparked a strong professional partnership between Taylor and Lang, but also a personal one as well. It is said that Lang and Dixon at the time were in a very strained marriage, so that in the next year, Lang and Taylor got married themselves, divorcing and leaving their respective ex-spouses. Earlier that same year, Dorothy got a commission from the Federal Resettlement Administration, later be called the Farm Security Administration, also known as the FSA. The FSA was created by President Roosevelt to aid poor farmers, sharecroppers, tenant farmers, and migrant workers. They resettled poor farmers on more productive land, promoted soil conservation, provided emergency relief, and gave loans to help farmers buy and improve their farms. Dorothy was also supported by the latter agency founded by the U.S. Agricultural Department with hope that her powerful photos would continue to bring the poor condition of farmers to the attention of the public, which it did just that. For example, her portrait, Migrant Mother, Nipomo, California, made in 1936, is considered her most famous photo. In the image, there is a mother with her two sons laying, laying their heads on her shoulders. Roy Stryker, former FSA director, even felt as though this portrait was the iconic representation of the agency's agenda. So this piece now hangs in the Library of Congress. And along with that, it allowed more representation for the poor, which allowed them to get more help. Next, I'm going to be getting into her later life and other work that she's done. photographic work during the Great Depression, in 1940, she was hired by the Office for Information, OWI, to photograph Japanese Americans as they were being forced to enter internment camps after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, as the U.S. was entering World War II. Knowing how devastating this event was to the Asian American community, it's great to have unfiltered documentation of the situation so that their history is not erased. While doing this work, Dorothy battled cancer and other increasing health issues, but she stayed active. She co-founded a small publishing company that produced high-quality photography books named Aperture. Lang also made a project called New California, where she traveled to California to expose the dark side of city life. In the 50s, she took on assignments from Life magazine, traveling internationally with Taylor to places like Pakistan, Korea, and Death Valley, documenting her adventures along the way. Sadly, after a long fight, Dorothy Lang passed away from esophageal cancer in October 1965, leaving her wondrous legacy to live on through the generations.
I've told you about Dorothy Lang. Take some time out of your day to look at some of her most famous photographs. They might inspire you to take up photography as a hobby, or even a possible career choice. Her photography not only visually recorded devastating and extremely important events in America's history, but also informed the public about the seriousness of those events, for example the Great Depression, and its effect on the poor. What ultimately boosted her legacy was the fact that this exposure led to partnership with the federal government, thus showing how she was one of the most influential people during the Great Depression. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you have any suggestions or questions for a future episode of Historic Bliss, please go ahead and click the link below to record your message as a voicemail. Thank you, and see you next time.